Hello and welcome to Roundtable, number 26 of Dualistic Unity. I am enjoying the opportunity to interact with so much of myself in a situation that a lot of myself is seeing myself in that interaction. There aren't maybe so many ideas of what I am, what they are, what's going on, what's happening, what should be happening. And we're just enjoying the experience of it happening in whatever the fuck way that is right now. And I'm just along for the ride. As much as I'm participating, because that is the ride, um, I don't necessarily feel like I have to be in control of that ride or that I need to know what necessarily is around the next bend. I don't need to focus on where I've been coming from. I just need to focus on the quality of the place that I'm in right now in terms of my attention and my empathy and my sensitivity. Right. And that's pretty much it. And, and so I don't know. I'm good with that. I don't know. Let's not know together. Hey, fucking men. And with all that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is roundtable number 26 of Dualistic Unity. And here we are for a roundtable episode of Dualistic Unity. I am exceptionally excited about this because it's roundtable 26 and it's happening right before our Netherlands retreat. Frankly, I'm fucking stoked. I'm also very excited because today we have a very small roundtable. We are joined by Marie who everybody knows from previous roundtables. Glad that you could make it today, Marie. We're joined by Jackie and Amanda. And aside from that, we have to settle with just Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it's nice to have everybody here for sure. Uh, Andrew recently finished his marathon in New York. And we've had a number of people reach out and say, hey, man, fucking incredible. Well done. Um, we're all very stoked that you did this because we know you've been working on it for a long time but to answer everybody's question because i know it's come up and not everybody listens to every episode how did it go and 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 more importantly if you had to summarize one underlying message that you learned from it what would it be um i think it helped me to realize that you can make every experience what you want it to be in a sense, because I've spent as you know, you probably if you've listened to the podcast at all, you probably have an idea of I've spent, you know, trying to fucking get somewhere. And there was absolutely a point in my life where I would not have enjoyed that nearly as much because I would have had a goal time in the training. I would have been very rigid with it, would have been pushing myself in the sense of like. I would be better if I got, say, sub four hours or three and a half or thinking about what other people are getting like, oh, well, I'm in I'm faster than that guy. I'm faster than that guy. I'm faster than that person. And there would be all of these comparative ideas. There would be all of these other thoughts about the situation at hand. And like we talked a little bit about it leading up to it. And, you know, my thought process going in was just I just want to you know finish and have as much fun as i can and i felt like i did that like there was a point at the at the end of the race that i had a few miles left and like i was still feeling pretty good and i started running faster and then i actually slowed down because i was like no i, I want to keep soaking this in like i don't actually want this to to like my perspective of it being a race and a time and a finishing point was was a lot different than things like that have always been in my life. Cause 
for me, like competition and sports, like I was always pretty athletic growing up, but it turned into this thing that became something that meant a whole lot about me. And I didn't feel like I, it, it was more of a prioritization of the experience itself than anything that it meant about me. And so even hearing things like, you know, such a big accomplishment to, to finish it, it's like, I'm not going to downplay that by any means, but it was, it was as enjoyable of an experience as a lot of other experiences that I've had that aren't, you know, don't make my feet sore as shit and feel like my arches are fucked for a couple of days later. Cause it's not to say that I don't feel, you know, that that was a lot of miles to run, but I, my priority through it was the experience in and of itself. And so I think having that sort of relaxed mentality going through it, like everyone said there would be, you know, you're going to hit walls at certain points. And there was a couple of points that I almost cramped up and like that got the heart racing a little bit more, but for the most part, it wasn't about a time. It wasn't about anyone else doing it and me relative to them. And and so it was like a very fun experience overall. And, uh, and yeah, just really enjoyed pretty much the, the whole thing. And so, yeah, the, the main thing I realized was that, you know, the experience comes from me, everything I go through, no matter what I'm going through, it's like, it, it's rooted in me. It stems from me. There's no one else to look to, to make it fun. There's no one else to look to, to put the blame of it, not being fun on them. It's like, it, it comes from me. And I think that's something I've been realizing in all facets of my, like every experience that I go through, but, um, this, this, I definitely felt a lot of that. So yeah, I appreciate all the messages and all everyone in, in discord. And I've seen all of those and really appreciate, um, all of it. Cause it was a blast. And, you know, for anyone thinking about it, it's a, it's a fun experience to do, um, for sure. And definitely, definitely do some training for it beforehand. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. That's awesome. And it's funny because as you were saying that, it reminded me of exactly what I went through in my time in the forest. It was very much for that. It was for what don't I need? Like how much of this is defined by me for me? And it's not that there weren't certain points where you're like, oh, God, this is tough. I'm cold. I'm hungry. <laughs> and I'm wet. I really just want to sleep somewhere warm. Um, you know, it's same, same thing as getting a cramp. But in those moments, you're like, you know, I can continue on. I can do this, you know, because you know the result of not. And you'd be surprised how much you can take. So that's 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 fantastic. That that's really cool, man. I'm really glad that you had that experience. But this is something that's important, and we've said it before, but I'm gonna reiterate it because I can. Um, there's no way to shortcut the growth of your self-awareness. There's no way to get some concept that suddenly leapfrogs you to some elevated point of, of enlightenment, but you can make shit hard on yourself. That will teach you, you know, you can put yourself in challenges. You can put yourself in, in the middle of the unfamiliar. You can toss yourself into something with no sense of certainty whatsoever. And in those moments of dancing, you will discover that you can dance. You will discover what dancing is to you. And you're going to discover that not everybody appreciates your dancing while other people are inspired by it. Right. But it really is just that it's uh, jumping in. That's the only way you can learn. 
you can't sit there preparing to jump in because all you're really doing is preparing to wait ah, and you're doing it really well. <laughs> That's the worst part about it is you're just not going anywhere. And so all that preparation is basically so you can justify not going. Right? So there's a balance. You can prepare, sure. But after a certain point, you have to recognize there's no real preparation. Like you, you can't know what's coming. So you can guess, but you can also get too carried away. Just leap. Murray? What up? Leaping in right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, wanted to see you, Andrew, funny enough. I was trying to go to the marathon, but I was like, I don't even know where he is. There's 50,000 people running, and then there's like triple that. <laughs> so much more. I'm not good with math today, but um, I like, got off the train to i was like um in manhattan and i was like oh you know what i'm gonna like go to central park just gonna you know see what happens i mean like have, you know let's see what i see because there's gonna be so much energy in the air and i and i loved like your mention of that um andrew because i have to imagine <laughs> running through that energy of just so many people there and the experience of just, I always enjoy, not always, but there are moments where I like to step back and when you're in a crowd and recognize like, um, that sameness, that uh, like, like we're just together in this. And like, I don't know, it's just like, a, I feel that at concerts or I feel that at like, like, whoa, we're just like here together because that's all we ever are. But like, it's so much more in intentional when we're like participating in the same activity. So that's all we're doing. I love when like animals like get together and we're like, ooh, look at them flying together. Meanwhile, look at us. Like y'all were running together the same path and kind of going on their path. And even when we look at cities or just people, right, we always see the the pathways and the ways that we travel. Um, I've been talking a lot about the similarities of um, us with animals and the rest of nature with my students because uh, they're like blown away I've been talking to about trees and how they communicate through their roots and like they're like what are you even saying right now and I'm like right I'm like <laughs> um, I'm like they are sending messages to each other they're communicating in the same way we communicate because they're like well then if you're saying that like we're just making straight up like a student saying like if we're just making sounds at each other like what's the difference then between us and animals or now trees and i'm like mm -hmm, you're right what is the difference um, and then i just keep asking questions to them and like because it's the best way to teach like we're just like talking let's talk what do you think you know like what are your thoughts what are your what's coming up for you right now because we all can tap into that if we like sit back and pay attention that's all we're trying to do it's like let's let's be curious together let's pay attention together let's be free together and like um I know obviously that's what DU is all about um which is why I'm here <laughs> um but like it's just Let's come together. Let's pay attention together. That's why, you know, something like a marathon or whatever. It's just like, hey, we're we're all here right now. 
we're all here right now. We could choose to do this at any moment, but like feel how powerful it is when we're all here right now. Look what happens when we're all here right now. People who thought they couldn't do this shit are fucking doing it. They're doing it right now. And like, and it's a lot of that power and strength comes from us all being there together. And like, like a lot of times, could you imagine I'm, Curious. I, I think, Andrew, you said that this was the longest time you had run. Like, even in your training, you hadn't gone to the full. Um, I don't know if that's even what you're supposed to do in the training. Unaware of all, all that. But, like, uh, it's just cool because who knows? And I'm sure you would be able to now. And But, like, being able to do that by yourself versus, you know, that situation of, you know, being empowered by, look at all of us. Look at us go, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to pause there. Well said. Yeah. And I, I think there was definitely for me that uncertainty of like, yeah, because I hadn't done it. Like the longest training run you do is like 20, 22 miles. So like, I'm not going to lie. I had some nerves going into it, but like I couldn't pinpoint it on what it was. And then so I was like, ah, is it really nerves? It's kind of just build up of energy. It's like, well, I need energy to run. So maybe it's just kind of in preparation for the thing I'm about to do. And I can come up with the idea that it's fucking nerves or something but it's like no for anything that we're doing there's a buildup of of energy in order to be expressed and or, or utilized or done something with and so you know when we have that build up of energy and then we avoid certain things and it's like it's just kind of left in potential but there's an opportunity to, to utilize it but so often we'll be like oh well i am nervous and therefore i don't want to do it but yeah there was definitely that and i realized it was oh because i don't know what this is gonna feel like like i have no fucking idea the whole time like i knew i had a general idea of the the map and the path of everything and whatnot but i i really did my best to just be in it and like kind of relaxed and when the cramps came up because that same leg kept like getting really close it was almost like fucking yeah, I'm not gonna no, never mind. Um no. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, I'm like losing my train of thought. Uh but just uh, and I, I could imagine previously there would be like a lot of concern and then there'd be the thought of like, oh my gosh, is this gonna fully cramp up? Am I not gonna finish? Am I gonna drop out of fucking mile four the first time I felt it? And I was like, Oh, I don't I don't know any of that. I don't even know if this is gonna last longer than two minutes. And so there was a relaxation that uh that I felt through that, but it, it, as much fun as I had, there was definitely the, the back and forth and the doubts came up and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm just going to keep, keep doing it and find out and see what happens. And that can be, you know, I'm talking about it in this context, but that's kind of anything that we go through, like any conversation we're having, any situation that we're in, any experience we're going through, any from the micro to the macro of how I'm feeling right now versus this, whole situation i feel like i'm in it's like i don't know either i don't have any certainty with either so what can i do with that well i can keep paying attention i can relax a little bit more because i don't know so in order to have too much a lot of tension it's like i gotta kind of have an idea of what to be tense about <laughs> but without that it makes it a little bit a little bit harder for sure uh, jackie or marie nope i, I want jackie jackie what up, what up? Yeah, um, I don't really know uh, what I raised my hand to say, um, but <laughs> just jumping in always because do I ever really know what I'm going to say? 
I don't think so. They just, things happen how they happen. Um, but yeah, Andrew, that's, that, that seems like such a great learning process. And I think running specifically is something that can be such a meditation in the sense that it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it's genuinely not comfortable to run. And at least for me personally, and Andrew, you said you weren't a runner when you started. So I imagine it was really fucking tough to force yourself to do things to just get out there and do it rather than like giving into your thoughts about, I don't feel like doing this. Like I might injure myself again. Um, I don't know, worrying about how fast you're going and shit like that. Cause thinking about stuff like that adds, that's where all the weight comes from. And, and that just comes from like trying to control and do something the right way, but there is no right way. And we're like looking at everybody else as like an authority figure, like they might know the right way. Like <laughs> other people have the answers for us about how we should do certain things. Um, and like how seriously we should take things. Um, but I think there are moments where you can, like Marie said, like step back and just recognize the common humanity. And that's why it's so fucking cool to, to go to something like a marathon because everybody there is like, just saying like a big fuck you to like their thoughts and their doubts and just pushing themselves beyond their comfort zone. And there is a gravity to that, to people just willing to challenge themselves or to free their mind enough to like go into that scary room of reality that they haven't let themselves in up until a certain point like oh my gosh like when I think about running a marathon that seems like too big to even imagine doing but like we can do anything as long as we don't make it a make it a narrative it's like the whole how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time you just have to do the step that's in front of you and that's how shit unfolds. It's not, it's not about thinking about how something should go or how you should be or how you should feel. And then trying to cram your experience into that and like just experiencing all the suffering and discomfort that comes with that on top of just the discomfort of having to go through whatever it is you're going through in the moment. So like we make shit, twice as difficult for ourselves and uh yeah it's like Andrew like <laughs> it you made it look easy because you weren't making it more hard on yourself I feel like well said yeah I I yeah that's a good point and it's interesting too with the discomforts because I I someone uh I was in a dm or a comment going back and forth about discomfort a little bit and they were like uh maybe it was in regards to weed and I, I was talking about how you know weed still makes me uncomfortable and they're like oh are you addicted to weed are you addicted to gummies and i'm like dude i would like i could stop smoking whenever i just know that it's it's like the discomfort is good like it's it's so fucking uh, there's a lot to that and i want to make a video about that and just my experience with weed because 
people can come up with this idea of like, oh, you must be, you, you do it a bunch. You must be addicted. And it's like, ah, you breathe a bunch. Are you addicted to air? I mean, sort of, you eat a bunch. Are you addicted to food? It's like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. You, you do things that make you uncomfortable. Is that to say that that's an addiction? It's like, oh, you're, you're working out, but like, why are you working out? That's a discomfort. Is it, is it a discomfort or is it now become a comfort for me? Working out was more comfortable than not working out. It was actually harder for me to take a week off than to not because there was like, oh, what am I going to lose in myself? So you got to just continue to be honest with yourself. And they're like, well, I prefer the discomfort of of whatever it was lifting weights over the discomfort of weed. I'm like, no, you're just saying that lifting weights is more comfortable for you and weed is less comfortable for you. It's not that they're both equal discomforts. It's like to you, one is more comfortable than another. And so a lot of people maybe with with running, running becomes a sort of comfort for them, a way of avoiding certain things. And there's no right or wrong ever, but you know, everything has the potential to be weed too. That can be something that's used as a escape. It's like how honest with yourself you're being, how responsible for yourself you're being. So it's funny how we come up with like, oh, well, these are comforts, these are discomforts, but they're all going to be on a spectrum based on the person based on their experiences, based on what they're going through, based on how long they've been doing something, based on how they define themselves. And so there isn't even like, oh, these are discomforts. These are comforts. Like there are variations of that. And sometimes one person, a discomfort could be a comfort for another and a comfort could be a discomfort for another. So you can't look to anyone else to be like, oh yeah, that's a discomfort. I'm going to do that to make myself uncomfortable because that's an easier discomfort for me to face. It's like, no, it's it's not a discomfort. It's just for you, that's comfort. For the other person, it's a discomfort. And so you just, at the end of the day, have to be honest with yourself about it and, and what you're going through. And there's not a right or a wrong. It's not to say like constantly be in discomfort, but it's like how much do you want to learn? How much of this experience do you want to dig into? Because the more you dig into, the more discomfort there's going to be. That's that kind of um, indicates the fullness of your experience in a sense. Not that it indicates, but it, I don't know, has the potential to make things more full because you got it to try new things. There's a discomfort that comes with that. And the more willing you are to step through it, the more experiences you have. And it still just comes down to you and your experience. But you know, that changes depending on how you're seeing yourself too. <laughs> Amanda, over to you. I don't know, on today's news. <laughs> but, Amanda, uh, with the weather. Right? Internally, there is a raging storm. <laughs> but the clouds have parted. Somehow the sun is shining. We don't know what's going on. And yet we never have. <laughs> and I, I love uh, the analogy of like thinking about like an internal weather. And I had uh, seen that example and someone uh, in, in a book, one of the personal development books I was reading when I was in that phase of like trying to become the most, the smartest, strongest, fastest model we could make Amanda to be, you know, trying to personal development into like superiority, you know, because that's the noble thing that, at that time that I was thinking, I was like, that's a noble thing to do is to work on yourself, you know, to be the best person you can be. That was on that. I was on that. Um, but I was just thinking about like when you're talking, when, when everybody was talking just about like comfort and and uh, how things that are more comfortable aren't better for us 
they make us feel better. But the thing that's uh, the word that comes to mind when I think of comfort is familiarity, like something that is familiar. And so when I think of being uncomfortable, usually it's around something I'm not familiar with. When I say that something is hard, it's not that it's hard, it's that it's usually unfamiliar. So nothing, or it's very, in my, in my mind at the moment, it's very hard for me to say that something is hard. It's just that it's unfamiliar. I just don't know. And so I, I, I think that if I know something, it makes it easy. And it's, that's not true because, um, you know, uh, practicing a surgery, it's not easy, but it's familiar. You can get familiar with the technique, with, with, uh, with the steps, but that's always what I would consider a hard task. And just hard because the risk is high. But but when I used to think about what if something was hard, it was it was always because it was unfamiliar. And I didn't realize how much I prioritized or how much I valued something being familiar. And when we think about that question you're asking, like, you know, um, you know, you you're constantly in shitty relationships. Are you addicted to getting cheated on? You know, like, you know, like you, you, you want to ask somebody a question about a habit that they're doing. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, no, I don't think that you're addicted. I think that you don't notice that you're willing to exchange romantic neglect or abuse to solve the problem of loneliness. I don't think that you're, you're, you're realizing what your exchange is, that you would rather be with someone who actively hurts you than being by yourself because you imagine that people who are by themselves are something wrong with them. So I think it's so interesting how a lot of our stories are tied to what we imagine is okay and what we imagine is not okay. And, and when you feel that discomfort, it's when it's in, in one way of saying it, because there's many ways, but in one way of saying the way that you experience discomfort is when you're not pretending that you have control anymore or when you're not pretending that you know what's best for you. And when you when you don't, because even when I'm making a choice that I have, I'm confident in, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. You know, I am I am starting a new job. And in this example, we're starting a new job. And uh, I out of all the options I had, I picked this one because I thought this was the best option. Is it? I don't know. Is it really the best option for me? I don't know. But we picked it and we're here. And once we're paying, if we pay attention, we can be sensitive to the response that we have to that new environment and that and and the response that that environment has to us. And so um, and then when you're paying attention, you can realize, OK, I started this job and we are not even going to make it our first 30 days. And I have done that. I have started a job and quit within like two weeks because I'm like, nope, this is not working. I can already tell I'm I I can already see that there is the uh, what is it? The assimilation is not happening. I am not assimilating into this new environment. This environment is not embracing me. And instead of thinking, what's wrong with me? Why, why was I so stupid to pick this job? You know, why did they hire me? It, it's just, okay, we, we made this choice based on what we knew or what we thought we knew. We based it on assumptions. Those assumptions are proving to be inaccurate. And so we are pivoting. And we are, we are sensitive to the fact that the, the choice we made was based on a guess. And that guess just turned out to be wrong because it's a 50-50 shot. So instead of being upset with myself for even going in this job and it's like, okay, no, no, we're okay. All right. I guessed and I guessed wrong. 
<laughs> and that's okay. That's totally okay because you're never going to make a choice that is 100% certain. You will never make a choice and know everything. And you will never consider all of the contributing factors. So you're always going to be guessing, but that's okay because at it, when you're... When you guess while you're paying attention, it's easier to let go of the guess. But if if you pretend that that guess is a plan and that plan has to be fulfilled, then you won't let it go as easily as you would. And it's only because your imagination became a story that you didn't want to let go of. And what's so funny is that you, you just you just you don't have to you don't have to hold on to it, because if if I made this Frankenstein I can also unmake it. There is no, there's nothing that I can create that I can't change again. And so I asked myself while everybody was talking earlier, I was like, do I ever not experience my imagination? Is every experience that I have just an expression of my imagination, good or bad on the spectrum? I don't care where we stop. Is everywhere I'm stopping just a point in the story that I imagine we stop at? And if that's the case, then we can just imagine a new stop. And what do you mean by imagine? This is one of the problems I have with the word imagine. It's such an unexplained part of our subjective experience, but it is the foundation of everything that we do. Every invention that's ever made, you know, it comes from our imagination. Every, everything that we've ever changed about our reality in terms of, of our relationship with nature comes from us imagining how to do so. You know, every language, every bit of art, everything, everything has, it's all, even right now we're speaking quote unquote English, but it's really just sounds that we imagine mean something and we all agree that they do, right? And it's just us just playing the same game. We're all playing the same game. Look at me making these noises. And we're like, I know those noises. And that's really all that's all it is, right? But it's it's an exercise not in imagination, but in awareness, right? It's just another part of our awareness, but because it's not productive, because it's not a control, a controllable part of our of our awareness, it's not something that fits into the grand scheme of progress, right? Like you're just sitting there daydreaming, you're wasting time. Can you imagine? The idea of experiencing yourself being a waste of time. What do we think we're here for? Exactly what is time for, if not for me to experience time in whatever fucking way I want, right? But that's really it. It's, it's just an expression of what we are. And so even your experience right now, it's not even just imagining the future or imagining a future event or even even your perception of a past event because that's also imagination it's also your perception of right here and now you could look at that as also imagination you imagine people are judging you you imagine that you're only a human you imagine that you're separate from the world all of these things we call them perceptions but they're just an exercise in our awareness they are optional things to hold on to as truth <laughs> and what's funny about it is just that for the most part it really just comes down to consensus, or at least that's how we look at it, you know, because there's a billion or so people that imagine Jesus was the one and only son of God, therefore he must be. And that's often their argument. Well, look at all these people. They all agree with me. It's, yeah. But you know, how many people imagine that there's a Santa Claus, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily, you know, make it true. Right. But it is all imagination. And that's unfortunately the danger. That is the danger as much as it is, you know, the prize and, and the gift of all of this, because you can do anything with it, but you can also totally get lost in it.
yeah and it's this fucking it's it's funny how it's like a scale like oh well it's all children typically under the age of 10 sometimes under the age of 15 who uh believe in santa claus and it's not that many but you know jesus god all that stuff sky daddy all that stuff bigger number more grown-ups more people who i see as similar to myself so there's there's like a buying in it's like what where's the the tipping point and if it's all you also then how much does your willingness to just be yourself and let go of all of the thoughts about what everyone else is doing like if if someone who was catholic christian stopped looking around at what the fuck everyone else is doing and started thinking for themselves like it may not hold up so easily anymore without the the support of the the ability to justify this perspective just based on a bunch of other people because i've heard that argument a number of times like well a billion people believe are catholic you know you're saying they're all wrong (laughs) i think bray said it before like they're certainly all afraid and there's uh there's justifiable reasons to be afraid for sure it doesn't mean that it's correct like it's funny like when someone starts using arguments like that you know they're just just grabbing for straws grabbing for for anything because there's no actual thing behind it it's not like not to say there's like oh you need data and shit but it's just like oh everyone else is doing it's like jesus christ that is like the ultimate passing of responsibility of taking responsibility for your experience and your the way you're seeing things and your willingness to just do it yourself, like sitting at yourself, think about it for yourself. Like, Hmm, what is, I wonder what is going on right now. And then as you do that, you realize, Oh shit, I'm the one maintaining a lot of these ideas. I'm the one maintaining a lot of these perceptions, not a lot, all of them, (laughs) fucking all of them. It's all my, your point, man, all my fucking imagination. This whole thing is that, but then it's like, you know, whose imagination and what does that mean by imagination as opposed to reality and how much am I seeing very, you know, in my quote unquote imagination in my head or the way I perceive it, like how much of that is just seeing variations of here and now, like different variations of that. And then there's the pull to that, but it's like, yeah, but this is, this is it right now. You can look at potential variations of this if you want. It doesn't guarantee it, 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 but it's not the experience that you're having right now, but it is the experience that you're having right now. You're focusing on just something that you don't have influence over. It's like, this is what you have influence over when you're not paying attention. It's almost like an avoidance of the potential influence via looking at some other potential variation of what could be in my imagination. So anyway. And it's funny because the farther you're imagining from here now the the more potential you're losing right like you can imagine a couple seconds into the future you know it's like oh dogs can come around the corner and that's that's just that's perfectly helpful right like you can stretch it to some degree right but the farther you start imagining the, the dimmer it gets like the less likely it becomes right and it's just because there there are limits as to our intuition to some degree and that's assuming that you even know how to tap into your intuition because most of the time most of us are just running from fear and chasing desire and that really cuts off any intuition that we might have operating under the surface 
Marie. I like that you brought up um, intuition at the end there. So it's something that um, I've been thinking about as well, just like understanding when you're reacting or t making choices, is this coming from in a place of intention or um, what the fuck word what do we just use? Intuition. Thank you. Intuition um, uh, versus just like fear or like that, you know, familiar reaction that we have, that habitual reaction that we'll have, which is usually because of our fears, right? We'll build walls and um, cycles for ourselves to repeat um, because it's familiar, it's comfortable. Um, and that's why I really like talking about the discomfort and what you said, Amanda, and it being, it's really just unfamiliar for us. That's like anything. And that's what's so fun about uh, the idea of leaping in or jumping in. And, um, you know, we have a lot of that when we're kids, you know, like, let's just fuck, let's do this. Let's jump. Let's, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And then you fall and you hurt yourself and then you go, oh no, if I do that thing, I can hurt myself. And then you like create a little fear behind it now. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to do it in the same way that I have been doing it with that freedom of like, woohoo, no consequences. Or I don't know even what that means. And then, you know, something like that pops up and um, it's, you know, a practice of not allowing those moments of falling down and identifying with those moments. Like, oh no, I fell and now this means something about me. Now I'm the worst. <laughs> or, you know, now I'm uh, just whatever it may mean. It doesn't mean anything. It's just an experience that happened. And um, if you if you choose, you could look at it as just, just being an opportunity for you to see it differently, to not attach to it and just be like, oh, I fell because maybe, you know, I didn't grab on right. Let me try that again. Let me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to jump again and try to, you know, whatever the scenario I just made up in my head about kids <laughs> jumping, I guess I'm thinking of climbing trees. I'm not sure. Um, but then uh, with imagination too, it's, it's always been one of my favorite things. Like, like as a kid, I had a, um, I have a best friend that I'm still best friend. That's a silly label, but I have somebody I've been close with my whole life. Uh, we grew up together and, um, we always would play these wild imagination games. And I love talking to other people about now, like, you know, what were you all playing, um, growing up? Because like, it was such a big part of like, uh, my childhood to play these weird imagination games where we could be able to like jump in like we're gonna be in a world where like everything's a video game we'll like jump in and once we're in this world now we're in this video game and we have these characters which is crazy because like now virtual reality is becoming a thing as I'm saying this <laughs> and that like any other invention is just us being like hey, what if we tried to do this thing? And like the fact that we're even able to have this call right now and like have this conversation was based off of somebody being like, hey, let's see if we could try to, you know, communicate in this new way and build a thing. Like the invention of things just makes no sense to me sometimes because when I um, think more about how dreamlike this experience is, it really just feels like, a video game where like we're just pink 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 um that's <laughs> the sound of you know uh tools being made or whatever and like 
Um, we're, we're building these tools and we're using them and where are they coming from? I don't know. We're, we're thinking about it and then it's becoming a thing, which is crazy. That's like all this is, is us thinking about things and then they're, they're happening. And then that's our, you know, and whatever we're experiencing, uh, is this stuff is showing up for us, I guess. <laughs> and so um, it's just like a, a funny thing. There's so many notes that I have. I don't know how long I can vent for, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. Um, <laughs> so going. yes. Um, I loved your comment, Ray, of like <laughs> um, daydreaming and how that's looked bad at, because it's like, um, who are you to tell me how to spend my time? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what what are we doing here? We made up this idea that we should be spending our time, whatever that means, working or you know grinding for some odd reason um when you know we could just be here and living and doing our thing like everybody else seems to be doing other than humans um <laughs> we're making up this thing that feels pretty crazy, but it's like, who are you to tell me? Um, and then, uh, no, I feel like these are so many different thoughts. I feel like, I don't know if I could go through all of them, but, um, when you were like, cool, when, um, <laughs> Andrew, when you brought up the weed thing and like people asking you about, like, I even saw something that was like about your tolerance, your a tolerance break, like how often you do that. And you're like, dude, like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, uh, it's just, that's not how I use it or that's not how I see it. I'm not seeing it as like, um, anything different than like people have coffee every day and know like, and uh, like that in itself, like, people, like I've watched my dad when he doesn't have caffeine for a couple, like a day, he like feels nauseous, he has a headache, he's like irritable. And not to say that, you know, this is coming straight from that, but there are effects that happen. And um, I just think it's interesting when, you know, there's that stigma or that conditioning that um, people are still tied to with weed and like um, that being something that you can't use regularly and live uh uh, I don't know, some kind of life. I don't know what word I'm thinking of. <laughs> like, just live your life in, like, a productive? I was going to say productive, but, like, I don't know if that's where I'm trying to get at. But, like, as somebody who has been regularly um, doing that and living my life, and I feel like because I don't look at it in the same way that, you know, releasing that stigma or that conditioning of this meaning anything about me, um, it's like uh a lot of things so like i i think the thing before this uh where you all were talking um in the live i don't know what it's called but um it was really cool and i liked at the end when um veganism came up i love using the word veganism it sounds like <laughs> like a religion of some sort because it's it, it is to an extent um because um i also was vegan for a while but i can't even say that. And I never really said that because I was not strict about it. I was just like, you know, trying it out. Like, you know, I was noticing when I was eating certain foods, I wasn't feeling well. So I was like, oh, let me try doing this. And it was just like an exploration for me. And when it became too much about like what you were saying, Jackie, of like people 
like really um, getting defensive or identifying with it so hard that um, it was becoming much more than it needed to be. Because if you look at this whole experience, um, the today we were talking with my students about the Native Americans and like how they would um, utilize nature around them. And a lot of that came from like hunting animals and like the kids were like, what? They would kill animals? I'm like, dude, you eat chicken. Um, <laughs> you have, you have like, uh, your hamburgers, you know, your hot, all that stuff that you're eating, that's animals. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, we're, it's, it's just like a part of, you know, what happens? They don't have stores though. Like they're not, <laughs> they don't go to stores. They had to like get the animals themselves. And they were just like blown away that that was, you know, it wasn't a connection for them. And then, but my point being that like, it's just like a natural way of being here. Like um, there's no right or wrong. Uh... Yo, my body's like, you gotta stop talking because I'm about to start choking. <laughs> I gotta pass it, hold on. Jackie, would you like to continue on? Yeah. Um, yeah, you choking right now reminded me today I went to yoga and we were like sitting in meditation and uh, I choked on my own spit and I started coughing up a lung. Oh, my God. And um, there was the, there was the thought to be embarrassed in that moment. But it's always a choice whether we want to pick up that weight or not. Um, What I've just been chewing on recently is just how fucking absurd it is that we think we know what's best like we think we can have any sort of control over the outcome when we can't even explain literally our immediate experience at all like it's it's a mystery what we even are um there's no way of really knowing that just besides just being it and so I think when you spend more time focusing on just being what you are in every moment Amanda's still dying this is it's hard for me to talk when she's laughing because I it's so fucking contagious and <laughs> Amanda get it together this is serious don't you know we're talking about the universe <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like, it's the, there's such a temptation to try and understand or conceptualize or know what the fuck to do. And, and there's just no way to know. There's just no way to know. And that's just, that's just what we're stuck with. Um, forever but I think the more that you surrender to that what emerges is sort of just um a natural sense of expression of whatever whatever the situation calls for and that's including your own experience as part of the situation <laughs> like you can be like okay Jackie is feeling this way the the environment is feeling this way which in reality it's no separation but you're from this point of view you're viewing yourself like from behind um and you can like see all your thoughts and your narratives and you can choose 
make a decision that isn't just influenced based on your programming. But I think it can be uncomfortable to sit in that point of authority over your own experience because we don't trust ourselves. We're never taught to trust ourselves because we were taught to defer to certain authorities. And we just make the assumption that other people know better. And everybody's consciousness is at the same like level of accuracy. There's, of course, there's different amounts of context that you can receive, but there's also no end to that context. And no matter what, nobody can ever predict the future. So what you're basing your judgments on are, are the past which inherently aren't going to be the future. The future is ever changing. And no, no, no one day in this universe has ever been the same. And like things are just changing and shifting constantly. So all that you can rely on for like a sense of what to do next is just your sensitivity, like your, your discernment and like you don't really have to worry about whether you're making the right choice because there's not a right choice and like it's funny Ray you brought up like wasting time like we make the assumption that like when we're being when we're doing something like we're trading our time for money or something and like if we're not in action in every moment it's like we're losing something we're losing time but but none of that, even when we're being productive, we assume that that means something about us. And it just doesn't ever like, this is just a self-refining process. I guess it's an ever unfolding dynamic dance for balance. And even when you think you're on one end of the spectrum, you you can't say with certainty where that is. Um, but I do think like any skill, you can gain a little bit more of a ability to discern efficiently or, I don't know, like get, basically just understand what that feeling feels like. Because I was telling Amanda earlier, sometimes it can be hard for me to tell what my intuition is versus my fear or my I don't know. And Ray has said before, like, intuition doesn't have, he doesn't use words. Um, that can be sometimes hard for me to see. And I don't know, I guess it's just never what I think it is, right? Like, I can't say what intuition is. Wouldn't it just be what I end up doing? Exactly. That's it. You know, it's so funny, we get caught up in what to do next, but there is no what to do next. Like there's a right answer to that. There is just what you do next. That's all there is, you know, but we get caught up in it going, but the right thing, there's got to be a right way. No, it's you. You're always doing existence. There's no right way to do existence. It really just comes down to your relationship with it. You know, but we keep asking the question, like there's a right answer. And the answer is just to focus on what you're doing, right? It will change. It will grow. You will make decisions. You will adapt. You will do all that stuff. You don't really have to worry about it. You are will, right? That's it. Just continue forward.
I like that a lot. There's nothing, there's nothing next. So there's no right decision to make next. It's just what you're doing, but there's no satisfaction in that. Cause then I can't feel like, Oh, I picked the right thing to do. And then I did it and I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right side of the discussion. I'm on the right side of history. I'm on the, and how badly we just want that. Like I want to be correct. I want to be able to feel better about myself because I'm doing the correct thing, the right thing, the living the the right way. It's like right way according to who, just according to you looking around and making assumptions about the right way based on typically the majority, as opposed to being willing to not even look at the minority, but just look to yourself, like just look at yourself. And that's the ultimate, you know, minority is you doing it and and making decision for everything and it's wild how the thought of making every every decision everything you do just following that intuition it's like you're not looking at anything else so much and it's not to say there's that's better than looking around it's like it's just sensitivity and sometimes sensitivity involves looking around like it's not closing your eyes in the sense that you don't take in all of the factors and all of the considerations, but it's, it's the balance between pushing the decision off to that versus just taking in the considerations based on your sensitivity. So it's like all of them kind of go hand in hand and they don't get you to a point. It's not like, Oh, I have, I'm taking ultimate responsibility. I'm being ultimately sensitive. I'm being ultimately aware. I'm at peak for all of them. And therefore the, the correct decision is going to be expressed through me. It's like, no, nah, that's not, that's not how it works. It's always varying. And, and me saying it, that's not how it works like that. Eh, it's not that either, but it's just the continuation of that, right? Like it's not even as I'm saying, it's like it, it, there's not a right way to do it necessarily. So it's like tough to, I don't know. Sometimes it gets tough to even fucking talk about because like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. There's not another way to do it. Like I'm just going through it and i mean it, it shifts based on your perspective of yourself and the experience shifts and the going through it the sensitivity there's like oh a sensitivity to to myself and my own feelings versus a sensitivity to what's going on like what's happening right now right here and right now and there's not so much weight when that's the priority because all of you is is here now but as soon as it's like oh i'm something separate it's like yeah that, that's when that starts to be like uh we we're talking earlier about the the weight of how far past or future you're looking and and the amount of although yes there's infinite perspectives right now it's like the more spanned out you get the more that builds and then it's like you know by tomorrow like there are so many fucking variations, variations, variations that's going to determine what happens in between there that you couldn't possibly even fathom as much as you think that you could know how it's going to go. Like you don't know what you're going to be going through. You don't know what you're going to be feeling. And that goes for five minutes from now. And it's it's like part of it is an equal amount of potential weight. And it's just like they're they're as much as there's not a line anywhere, it's like you kind of are, or you aren't you're either attentive to where you're at, what's actually going on without so many thoughts and considerations about what it means about something or, or you're not, whether that's looking down the road a bit or down the road a lot, it's kind of one way 
either or in a sense from a certain perspective but then it's like how caught and how much are you and like how much is being taken away from that and that's not i guess it's not a right or wrong either so anyway i feel like at this point i'm just kind of like going back and forth with myself <laughs> it's funny too how we can like Welcome say things to existence <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh and i'm like oh shit i feel like i'm just doing and it's like fucking exactly like we're always just doing that so for me to think like oh this is i'm doing this now it's like yeah as opposed to fucking what as opposed to all the times you were super clear with everything you were saying it's like i could have been a lot less clear <laughs> you just were more comfortable with those words <laughs> exactly uh, it really comes just down to again i say it all the time but our relationship with eternity and it doesn't matter that you well i'm gonna die one day that's true and you can focus on that as much as you like to and you're gonna fucking get beat down by the terror of it all and the fear that you got to get somewhere and leave a legacy and be remembered and do all that shit or you can just accept that you're here now you know and just be here now and that's it this is it this is your whole life now and if you can really take that in that it's again not about what you're doing but how you're doing it from what mentality how much are you making it hard on yourself for no good fucking reason how much are you making it about how valuable you are? How much are you making it about how right you are? How much are you making it about how you look or how you're perceived by others or how you assume you're perceived by others? How much are you making it about trying to prove yourself to something? You know, like all of that shit is optional. It's all optional, you know, and it all exists in the timeline of your character of the fictitious you. Because that's the only thing you can do is judge yourself according to where you're not yet or where you think you've been according to other assumptions about quote unquote other people. But it all exists in time, as we've been saying. It all exists in time. Here in the moment, there's just you here in the moment. You know, there's no way to do that right. Amanda. I was just um, thinking about how I... I I yearn for the for a right next step because I've judged every previous step. And because I've judged every previous step so harshly, I'm I'm hoping and begging and and wishing for the right next step. Not because there is one because there isn't only in my opinion I only think that there's a right next step because every last every every step has been judged. And, and it doesn't matter if I've judged every previous step as what I would consider good or bad. It still was judged and it either passed my judgment or it failed my judgment test. But every single step that I have ever taken has been judged. Including the one that I'm on. As I'm on it. And so, of course, with all these judgment, then, you know, there must be there must be a right next step. You know, how much am I trying to control everything? You know, how scared am I? You know, because if I'm thinking about like my value, if I'm thinking about how do I raise it, I'm thinking about, you know, um, how am I perceived? I'm only I'm only concerned with all of those examples and some because I'm trying to control what I think can be controlled because I'm scared that I'm not in control. But I never, I never, I never have been in control. And when I was 
younger when I was a little kid and I I knew on on a on like a logical level that I wasn't in control because the parents were in control and so like there was a feeling of not being in control and that being okay and yet somehow could not recreate that as an adult could not could not re-experience the fact that like not having control is not a problem until you know um the first retreat where that that hit me and I'm glad that it did. And uh, when we were talking, when you were talking about like intuition and imagination, intuition happens now. The imagination happens in time. Imagination happens later. I imagine shit happening later, but the intuition is all what's going on right now. And it's very much individual focus. Like in my, if I'm having an, if I'm listening to my intuition, it's usually I am sensitive to what's happening in that moment relative to the character that I'm playing. And when I'm listening to my intuition, it's very much individual focused. And when I'm thinking about imagination, I'm thinking about how this individual relates to all the other characters. I imagine being with other people. I imagine groups doing things. I imagine countries and worlds and people doing things. I imagine myself doing things with other people. Rarely do I need to imagine like what's happening right now because it's just happening. So it feels like the intuition is all about now and the imagination is is in time. And that's okay. It doesn't need to be anything else. It's just that um, you know, when when you were talking, Maria, about like, you know, like it 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 like amazes and astonishes you like where inventions come from. And I feel that same way. And it, and I thought of the quote, necessity is the mother of invention. And my brain rejected that. It was like, no, it's not necessity, it's sensitivity sensitivity is the mother of all invention and focus is the father or attention is the father. It, you know, that seems way more accurate to say than necessity. It wasn't necessity, it was a sensitivity to the environment that was the mother of that invention. And it was the attention that you put that fathered it into existence. You know, so that's, that's my, that's my spin on, uh, on that old saying that I, that I have loved and still appreciate to this moment. Huh? Did you pass it to me? I did. I <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Amanda, that's really interesting about intuition not being like only being in the present moment. Because I've I've tried to like think about situations that I know are gonna are like coming up in the future, and I'm like, okay, well. I have all these potential options or thoughts about what I could do and how that will go. Now, which one is my intuition? <laughs> which one is thought? They're all, they're all, they're all imagination. They're all thoughts. Like what even is, yeah. Intuition is just what, how you respond in the moment based on your sensitivity. And that is the least distorted and probably most appropriate response to whatever it is you're going through. But also like, I feel like that is always the case, even when we do something that we deem as like the wrong decision or not the most, the most aligned or the most like sensitive decision that we could have made in any moment. Like, how are we making that judgment? 
because <laughs> um yeah it's like we're always just part of whatever this is unfolding and part of me is like any any like thought or attempt to understand that is just kind of missing the mark it's just it's just about your relationship to the moment and whether or not you can you can face it and be there in all that uncomfortability in all that uncertainty or whether or not you want to run away into your imagination and close your eyes to what's going on and stumbling through the situation and like both are options both both are on the table like I really can't say like being perfectly in line <laughs> holy shit Andrew how the fuck are you doing that I'm sorry I was in the middle of a thought and that really just took me out um gotcha <laughs> it's like literally any um any choice just is what it is it's about what you how you want to experience it and for me like I want to be in my life and I, I used to be such a nostalgic person or I thought I was because I would like look back on periods of my life and romanticize it and be like, oh my God, I had it so good back then and I didn't even realize it. And um, I think it was just because when I was there, I was escaping through thought into the, into the past or future because I was uncomfortable with my present. And that's the same thing I'm doing when I'm looking back on moments in my life or looking forward even now. And I, I still catch myself doing this constantly. And like that, doing that is pointless. And it is, it is like robbing myself of the opportunity to experience. But at the same time, regardless, I'm still experiencing. <laughs> Uh, like it's that thing like you can't be more or less present because you are the present it's that sort of thing I keep coming back to so it's almost like I can't make any judgment of how I'm doing or where I'm going at all and it's uncomfortable to realize that I don't have to but I don't have to <laughs> don't I don't have to. And there is no false security in that. So it feels very vulnerable. I think just life just feels vulnerable, but that's also freedom. Like nobody ever said it would feel good necessarily. It's just uh, a more full experience of what you are rather than sheltering yourself just to like this little corner that you feel like it's safe, but at the same time, you're always going to be curious about what more is out there. And finding out is one of the coolest parts of life because you can do shit that you never thought you could do. And of course, because why did you think you couldn't? Like you are intelligence manifest. You are the intelligence of the entire universe in a, in a drop, like, and, and we try and control that and think we know what that means and underestimate ourselves far too often. And it's crazy, but we don't have to do that. We really don't, but nobody else is saying that shit. Nobody's telling us that. 
And why not? Not much profit in it. Straight up, gotta tell you, that's really what it is, is that, you know, there's there's no profit in not offering a silver bullet or or saying like, you know, there are things you need to learn, come to me. <laughs> like there's no There's no profit in telling people that they're good enough on their own, that they have everything that they need, that they can do this, that they've got this, like there's no profit in it whatsoever. That is exactly why the fact that we still exist after two years is frankly fucking mind blowing to me. Um, and it's just because every step of the way, this is what we're saying. You don't need us. And people who listen to the podcast, people who support us on Patreon, they know that. What they know is that they don't need us. What they know is they could be spending their entire time, like their time doing something else, normally with somebody who's tearing them down or competing with them. So if you're going to spend time by yourself anyway, you may as well fucking celebrate that shit with us, right? And so they're supporting us on Patreon or they're listening to the podcast because it keeps it going. It keeps it in existence. And the more people who do just for that, the deeper those roots go, because that's what we're here for. You know, we don't want to be here because we got to get somewhere. We don't want to be here because we have some fucking purpose. God, that sounds dreadful. What's wrong with just being here? And if you're like, well, there's got to be, that's just because you're not looking at where you are. You've missed the garden. This is the garden. This is where you are. This is where your life is and always has been. And this is the only place that you can cultivate that relationship with yourself which is why we're so keen to escape the now. Because in looking towards the future and looking towards the past, we don't have to look at what we are. And that's why relaxation scares us. It's because when we relax, we come to terms with what we are. We feel vulnerable, as Jackie said. We become that exposed nerve. And that's what we're running from all the time. All of our shit, frankly, all of the stuff that we didn't want to face, all of the stuff we're afraid to look at, all of the stuff we don't want to recognize, all the stuff that we do habitually and know that we do habitually, but justify away. All of that is in the moment now. All of that is in your awareness now. But how much time do we spend trying to speed through it, trying to get somewhere? And then we wonder why. It's because the alternative is change. The alternative is actually to sit in self-awareness and in a moment of sensitivity, allow yourself to continue on. That is it. And it's just something that we're not used to doing. It's something that we're not used to doing. And so we assume there's nothing to do. <laughs> It'd be like every day you're speed to work, you speed to work, you speed to work, and you go buy this restaurant. Let's just say it's a Chinese food restaurant. Every day you speed by, you go, you go past it and you never see it. And then one day you're like, fuck, I'd really like some Chinese. And somebody's like, there's a restaurant right over there. And you're like, what? This shit happens all the time. This shit happens all the time. How easy is it to miss the potential of this moment? How easy is it to get lost in the fiction, the narrative, the timeline? And forget that here and now has a feeling all its own before you interpret it. Here and now has a power all its own because it's what is. Well fucking said. I've I've noticed that specifically with uh with food recently, that I've always, you know, oh, I eat because I'm hungry. It's like, yeah, there's a there's an experience of taste going on here. And if I fucking shovel that shit into my mouth and try and get to the point of not being hungry 
right away. I'm not going to fucking taste that shit. Like, I'm just realizing how little, like, you taste it in passing, but it's like 40% taste. And it'll hit me sometimes halfway through a meal, like, fuck, I barely tasted this. I'm going to slow down right now. And then it's like each bite, there can be a, a less, the, the, like, you don't have to put so much on the fucking fork. You can, like, tone that shit down and it's still the same amount of taste. It's not like there's more taste because there's more food that you're fucking shoveling into your gullet and it's so funny like that how how much that specifically with what you're talking about that can be applied to so many different things that we go through and when we are doing that we're missing experience so we don't even realize what we're missing we don't realize oh there's a there's a flavor be it to food be it to reality like there's shit going on right now that i keep passing over because i'm so focused on what the next thing is on building myself on becoming something more that I'm not even tasting reality. I'm not even tasting life. I'm not tasting the fucking food <laughs> in front of me. And I'm just realizing like how much, how often I would do that shit. And I still, but like, I'm just starting to catch myself. And then part of me, of course, there's like, you know, the part that comes up and it's like, Ooh, you spent so long not tasting food. What the fuck? And it's like, yeah, as long as I'm focusing on that, I'm not tasting it right now. So it's like, what the fuck am I going to do? Continue to not taste it by wishing that I tasted more before. It's like, I've never been able to taste anything more than the thing that I'm doing right now. Might as well just do that and shut the fuck up about what's happened or, or the food that I've missed previously. It's like, as long as I hold on to that, I'm missing the food. Still, I'm missing life. Still, as long as I'm focusing on whatever had been done or could have been done or should have been done. Like you got what you got right now. You can either taste that or not. Yeah. Cause one day you're going to be dead. <laughs> and that's, that's really it. Like, and it's not even one day you're going to be, it's kind of like the expression, you know, well, at least you have your health, you know, that can sound really cliche until you're sick. Then all of a sudden you're like, shit, that was nice that was really nice to be healthy right and that's very much it like you may not have a meal as delicious as the one you're having right now how many meals have you gone through that may have been fucking spectacular and you didn't know because you were trying to get to work right like and that that's really it like it's just this is what you got this is your life this is your life. There's nothing more important because this is what you've got. And if you say, well, there's something more important, what? What exactly? You know, you can say comfort and all that stuff, but if you're, if you're beating yourself up all the time, if you're always in your head, if you can't actually experience the present you're in, it's the Midas touch. Like, that's really what it is. Like, the whole story of King Midas is that everything he touched turned to gold. He could have every, all the riches he wants except he can't ever taste anything because as soon as he touches it, it turns to gold. He can't ever love anybody because as soon as he touches them, they turn to gold. That's the whole point. You can have everything you want and never be able to appreciate it. And that happens more often than we think. And we forget it's simply, it's simply because our priorities are fucked. Marie. Totally um and it's it's interesting when you talk about like <clears throat> i love that story because I, I think i've talked about it with students too um but everything 
he touches turning to gold because then um how are you appreciating what's really here and right now um, when we're continuing to wish or look to having more, obtaining more? What does that really mean, though? What does that mean? Because really obtaining more um, is something we made up here. We 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 sought out. Um, we said, hey, having a bunch of things that means something about you. That gives you more value. Um, and we made that up though. Um, so, um, the most you can ever have is always in this moment. Um, and a lot of times we don't do it. Like when Jackie said, like, why, why aren't more people talking about this? And obviously we know, um, like questioning is so uncomfortable and, uh, it's so much easier to attach to, the conditioning beliefs we've been we've been brought up with like i'm just gonna attach to this identify with this until i die because it's much more comfortable than <laughs> questioning anything else and when you start to question people that are really like that and that's when they start really grabbing at random shit like hey a billion people believe this though and it's like um okay uh because you just can sense the fear the uncomfort um and it's not like we don't all experience that fear that discomfort um but we don't turn away from it um we don't attach to other things to give us that comfort um not to say like oh look how great we are no that's not the point it's that's the opposite of the point um <laughs> it's it's just like um the more we look at labels or having things as meaning anything meaning something about you and all we're experiencing is what we're experiencing um it doesn't necessarily mean anything about who you are um the more freedom that comes with that i know i've said that phrase so many times um but i like saying it because it, it's helpful um <laughs> it, it's helpful Yep. Um, I don't know what you said, but I'm assuming it was <laughs> something good because it's right. No, there it is. The good and bad. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting enough when you brought up um, Amanda too. Uh, well, we've all been talking about it, intuition versus imagination. But like, um, I like what you said about imagination being like, part of time versus, you know, intuition just coming from here in the present. But I think of what I was talking about earlier too. And like in my present moment, a lot of times I am inviting imagination in, if this makes sense, right? Like my present moment, um, like my present moment's mine. Um, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this moment, um, like my, my question or I guess where I was like thinking of is a lot of times it felt like imagination is part of the moment because um who's to say I think we said this earlier who's to say what is um <laughs> it's, it has a flag and everything I'm claiming this moment as mine um and uh hear he hear he um, <laughs> I love the, this is why I join round tables, by the way, is the chats, y'all. 
Um, but like the moment offers so much uh, depth that I I wonder, like imagination. I don't know. There was something about what you said about imagination being more about, you know, time or the future, you know, but like, I feel like I can invite a lot of imagination right here and right now because it all feels like my imagination. <laughs> like this, you know what I mean? So I'd be curious uh, your thoughts on that, whatever that happens. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like inviting imagination to this moment. Right. So like, like getting into like a, a, a medieval voice and like, I have claimed this moment. Let all be you know, let it be, let it be known. This moment has been claimed. Right. And so like, we are bringing imagination right into this moment. Um, but usually the way that I, but it, it's always, it's always towards making this into something else. Like I imagined this into something else. I imagined a different character from a different time period. And I'm embodying that character from a different time period. So usually anytime I'm using the imagination, even now it's, it's to change the now, but like intuition feels like I'm not changing it. I'm just literally like responding in real time to the moment without changing it, but just being sensitive to it. And, but the imagination feels like I'm always trying with my imagination, I transform, I create, I, I, the moment metamorphs into something else. And it's, and, and it's not that, and it's not, it's not black and white. It's, it, you know, of course there's, there's, spe there's a, there's a spectrum, there's varying degrees, but if, if I had to describe it, it'd be like imagination is always trying to change the now into something else. And intuition is just responding and intuition is being sensitive to just what is. Yeah, you know, well said, like this idea with imagination, this assumption that things should be different than they are, whereas intuition is not with that assumption that things should be different, but they have the potential to be different. The more I'm paying attention to it is like the, the depth with which the ripples happen, but it's not from the point of, oh, this is wrong. This should be different. It's like, no, this is what it is. And as long as I'm holding on to this idea that it should be different, it's going to cut off my influence. It's going to be, oh, I'm going to go into imagination land. And that's why you know, we have all these people running around like, oh, we got to change the world. We got The world is wrong right now. And we got to change it to to what? To the thing that you think is best for the world? To, the, to the, your imagination of what's happening as a means of avoiding what's actually happening right now? And so how quick we can be to, to avoid what's happening right now what's actually going on in reality by utilizing our imagination coming up with an idea like okay i know that this is definitely wrong it's like based on what it's like obviously we can see fucking destruction and all this shit going on but like to say wrong is if you include all the potential perspective sensitivity to everything it's like there's a lot of things that also aren't necessarily wrong so just to have this blanket statement of wrong it's like what the fuck does that even like where when what what situation what part of the world are you looking at like it's like such a wild thing to be able to say things are wrong right now but we do and that's like a very common narrative and we got to save the world we got to save the world we got to change the world we got to change the world it's like <clears throat> oh fuck 
I just got a fucking wad of spit go down <laughs> some pipe that uh, that wasn't supposed to Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, so when we're willing to let go of that idea that there's something wrong with what's going on, we become sensitive to what's actually happening. And then it's like, okay, I can't have this egotistical high of I know this is wrong and I know the right way, but there are things going on and there's there's an opportunity to have that influence, but it's not via my imagination because that's then influenced by everything else and it's like yeah there's a it depends on how you define imagination of course like we've been kind of saying but it's like we we can have influence on our imagination depends on what we're saying like is my imagination you know inside my mind or am i looking at my imagination and like how seriously am i taking my imagined ideas of what's happening quote unquote outside inside <laughs> my mind versus and, and the thought that there's something wrong and and letting go of that allows that influence to actually be had because it can't be through the veil of this is wrong i have to change it because then there's me changing it and then the opportunity to judge that situation or how it's being handled comes into play immediately and there's no way to control it there's no way to control all the variations of you happening right now but you can have influence over it but that isn't nearly as satisfying to my ego, my desire to build myself up because <laughs> there's nothing to build on. It's just influence here now. But like we haven't really explored that experience so much. So we don't even know what we're comparing that illusion of control to what experience that is. Cause like, I don't really haven't had a lot of experience with that situation yet. I've been doing it my whole life. So. Anyway. As we were saying, though, slowing down, as Amanda was saying about uh, attention and sensitivity, right? And it's in everything that we see the value of this. It's in sports, it's in art, it's in music, it's in conversation, right? It's in everything that we see the value of slowing down and paying attention. That's really all it is. And so we can say like, wow, we've never really had a chance to learn this. It's, no, we've never really been inclined, you know, because it's so tempting to chase that carrot and run from that stick because it's so easy to get caught up in the momentum of life because there's so much going on, frankly, especially in the world we live in now. I mean, this is the nice thing about being in my 40s is I remember the early 80s i remember before there were cell phones i remember you know when there was a phone on the wall at home and if you weren't fucking home you just weren't fucking home <laughs> that was pretty much it you know you had your work day and then you had your life and and there was there was a difference in the pace and it's true that's not true for everywhere because you've always had bustling cities and whatnot it's always been places where it's busier but by and large the world had a very different pace now we're constantly connected, we're constantly running, we're constantly in the march towards progress, towards the next process, or towards the next leap in AI, towards the next, towards the next, towards the next. And we're just, we're, we're caught up in, in a momentum that is mostly in our head, because we're all still just here. And while we're caught up in this march towards, who fucking knows, um, we are losing touch with the experience of who we are. You know, this is the problem with the self-improvement uh, industry, right? It, it's not that it's bad necessarily to to grow and, and learn things, 
but to tell yourself that you will be more once you do is is dangerous because it takes away from the experience of what you are right now and you can't be more than what you are right now when you get there you're still going to be what you are right then <laughs> that's the whole point right it's just going to be you who you are right now marching forward in each and every now and that is growth that is change you don't have to try and improve yourself you are quite literally a growth machine now jackie i know you have to take off here in a minute so i'm going to pass this over to you so you can do your thing yeah it's it's interesting to me how the root of our experience is immaterial it's very much subjective and it it includes the material to some extent because we like perceive it or we have an experience of the world around us as if it was separate. And I think just the dominant mentality of our society is just so materialist. And so we think like accumulating more material or even like conceptual material, like we just, we've, prioritize things and like achievements and goals and just the things that we can list on our resume, (laughs) the things we can stack on top of ourselves to make us feel like we're valuable. Like we think that's actually going to get us somewhere, but in reality it doesn't touch our immediate experience of reality. Like the only way that we can improve that relationship is bringing more attention to it and that becomes harder and harder to do the more that you run from yourself I think because people don't want to cut their losses basically like if they've invested in something for however long like it's hard for them to look at that and be like okay maybe I was chasing something that isn't satisfactory because we feel like we're wasting time and it's hard for us to admit that we're wasting time because we're all afraid of dying and we want to become something before we die. (laughs) What the fuck are we trying to become? Like we can't enjoy our lives as long as we're trying to use it as a means to an end of becoming something else because that poisons every single moment. Like in every moment, there's an opportunity to see it for what it is and appreciate all aspects of it. But like when you when you need to see the world a certain way, you're only accepting of certain perspectives. And that's that's just robbing yourself of the fullness of what this could be and of the sensitivity and the the influence that you can have in the moment because you're you're caught up in some narrative that is fueled by fear it's just so wild but Andrew like you were saying yeah it's like we don't know how else to be so it's habitual to fall back into that pattern and so I don't know what we're doing here is something different and it's completely uncertain to just say that everything is uncertain and that's okay like to most people it's not okay but that's just a thought I mean you're you're gonna be here regardless so you might as well just see it for what it is and take it for what it is and just soften 
Like, that's it. Like, you're going to keep going through it. You're going to keep making decisions. You're going to keep judging those decisions. And that can be where it ends. Like, you don't have to, like, you can just observe your reaction to the present and your reaction to your reactions. It's really fucked. Like, you can sit back in life um, because like we're we're trying to control something that we really have no no real ability to control it's just we just have to play our role and our role isn't something that we can conceptualize it's just what we end up expressing that's it <laughs> and that doesn't feel satisfying or good necessarily um, I'm just used to getting by. Yeah, I'm just used to getting by getting myself by by telling myself I'm doing a good job. And I can't do that anymore. <laughs> and so it's not that I'm doing a bad job. It's that my my relationship towards reality being something that I have to do something with rather than just what I am. Uh, that's just something I'm renegotiating within myself. But yeah, I got to take off, but this has been a great conversation. And all day, Amanda, the conversations that we've had, the social episode, it's been a great time. Um, thanks for shooting the shit with me, you guys. See you later. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. And of course, everybody who is looking for more of Jackie, do check out uh, Amanda and Jackie. Uh, we'll be hosting episodes in season six, uh, which Dualistic Unity with Jackie and Amanda, uh, as well as Dualistic Unity Real. There's already a couple of those episodes out. There's going to be another one that's recorded next week uh, while we are in the Netherlands. Uh, Jackie will be talking to us from North America, firmly anchoring us back here in our home base so that way we can shoot the shit from over there. Uh, but we are, are really looking forward to sharing more of these conversations uh the episode of social just before this was amazing jackie so thank you for being with us we really appreciate it yeah, bye guys thanks for being, thanks <laughs> for being here jackie love you talk to you soon but i did i had a i had a thought on the last thing she was saying in regards to like being different and how kind of like what we were talking about before with the world people thinking the world should be different. Oh, the world's got to change. There's something wrong with the world and I got to fix it. And yet at the same time, we're trying to fit in. It's like, what are you trying to fit into the world that you think should be different? <laughs> like what? That doesn't make any sense. That's actually the opposite of what you're talking about saying that everything should be different. Oh, the world's broken. Got to save the world. And yet at the same time, I'm trying to do what everyone else is doing. And so when you realize that there's not, a right way for it to be different. It's like, you can't come up with your imagination with a, a right way for the world to be. It's just be willing to be different and start finding out. It's like, stop trying to fit in all the fucking time. And as you continue to be willing to be different, there isn't so much concern for being different or acting differently or doing the thing, you know, when people are acting a certain way or embodying a bunch of stress, like not feeling as stressed, like not feeling like you have to, play into that as much and just the willingness to be different opens up the doors to being sensitive to what's going on because it's not you know covered by oh i want to fit in because then that's going to be a very narrow 
perspective, right? As opposed to, no, I'm good with being different. Then it's like everything opens up because fitting in is just a very narrow, specific way of acting as opposed to being different. It's like everything else, every other potential, every other potential variation. So the willingness to be different, which is just willingness to be yourself, like you could use all of those terms, phrases kind of in tandem that it's just about the willingness to be different allows you to be more yourself and then you don't have to fit in so much and then things start shifting as you do like reality is very much a reflection of you of course of course it is it has to be it must be and and like as deep as that motherfucker goes <laughs> in each and every moment the variations and will put off like oh well, it's other people are doing this everyone else has to change but me and it's like have you tried have you tried to find out what happens if you're willing to be different, if you're willing to be yourself and see where that train goes? Because right now you're just trying to fit in and thinking everyone else should change. It's like, well, what does that mean? And of course, I'm just talking about myself as always. <laughs> if it wasn't obvious before saying that. <laughs> uh, Amanda. You're supposed to be talking about me, Andrew. <laughs> this has now become the Amanda show so no no but but all we can ever really talk about is is ourselves because that's the that's the firsthand experience that you have and so as much as you could try to talk from the perspective of someone else it's still going to be based on way more assumptions than and when you're talking about your experience that you lived, you are that experience. And so I would I would prefer you talk about what you're an expert on. And that would be used to. <laughs> but when I, I was um, I was thinking about like wanting to change the world and and, uh, you know, like right out of high school, wanting to change the world, because although, yeah, like it was a huge ego trip, like. I know what we should do, right? There's that part. And there's the, <laughs> and there, and there's also the part of like, younger people tend to be more sensitive or they tend to not be as uh, hardened by life experience, by not getting what you want, by not things going your way when you think you did know the way. It's that you, you're still sensitive enough as a, as a teenager to be like, something's off. Like as much as, you, but then your ego's like, but now that we know something's off, I know how we can get it back on, right? So that's where we trip up is right, it's right at that moment where you're sensitive enough to feel like something is off. And then it's how you respond to that sensitivity where we all fucking stumble. <laughs> oh my God. And and uh, thinking about like um, running versus gliding like, you know, just how I always thought that like the way that I could define being successful, even in a system that I knew something was off was I will just, uh, I will change it from the inside. And you really can't do that because to change it from the inside means that you're participating on the inside means that you are, you are going through the processes that are what you're trying to change. So it's hard to change something as you're doing it. The thing I think that is being attempted in some way through these conversations is, is just acknowledging the feeling, acknowledging the sensitivity that something's off 
And when enough of us can have that acknowledgement, it's in that moment that you could, that you could, you could do more than everybody voting on one day. If everybody collectively just decided that we're not working today, I think we would have the attention of the people that are running the show. You know, I think we would be more effective if we all decided, you know what, our whole town of a few million, we're just not going to go to work today. What the fuck are you going to do? You don't have enough prison cells for all of us. You know, that what I think would be more effective than us all voting and, and changing and just picking a good leader, changing it from the inside by voting and being a good contributing member of society. Right. So like, that's what I thought you should do is just pick a better leader. And now I'm like, mm, but really, we vote with every purchase we make. So if we could be more mindful with the everyday hundreds of votes that you make every single week with every purchase that you make is does more to create the world that we live in than who you pick to be the state legislator. Your money is a bigger vote than your than the ballot ticket, you know, um, and that's just my opinion, because I used to work those voting booths. And you better believe 18 year old Chipper Amanda was like, you know, do your part, let's vote. We've got to pick. I was very much we changing it from the inside kind of girl. And now I'm like, man, like not that that I appreciate that time. But I also see that there are more choices. Um, we see people dying on hills every single day. And I used to think that the only choice I had was which hill I picked. But there's so much more than that. I don't have to pick a hill to die on. I can just keep walking. Well said, because that realization, like with the, especially with the voting, how quick we can be to like, oh, my vote matters, but it immediately discounts every other fucking thing I do in my life. Like you said, like every purchase that we make, but it's not just that. It's like every action that we take, like everything is that vote. And if I'm thinking that, oh, my vote, my vote matters. My vote means so much. My vote's doing this thing to shift things. It it like allows me to not consider everything else that I'm doing in my life because, oh, I voted. We even have fucking stickers. <laughs> I voted. I did my duty. And it's like, what the fuck else are you doing the rest of the year? It's like that was one smidge of an experience that you went through. What about the, the other 364 days a year? Like those are all quote unquote votes for whatever mentality is happening, but that comes with a lot of responsibility in a sense, but also it doesn't have to be weight unless you think there's some degree of control in it. Like there's a way to curate this into what I want via my decisions and all these things. It's still like, there's not a correct direction, but it's, it's the willingness to realize, oh, everything I do matters, but not in a sense of it's it's a right or a wrong thing. It's just it's always having impact. You're always having impact all of the time. And if you don't think that you are, there's going to be the ability to pass off sensitivity, you know, to not be sensitive to certain things it's like, oh, this doesn't have the same influence. Like this has less influence than in other situations. Like, no, actually, every situation has the potential for every degree of influence, you know, you think you're just talking to this one random person that you pass by. You don't know the impacts that that's going to have throughout time. And so, of course, everything is like a, a 
level playing field in the sense of influence, but then the variation comes with how much you're actually paying attention to it. Like the lack of sensitivity is having just as much influence as the sensitivity, just in a different way. Like you can't escape the influence that you're having. You can just avoid the recognition that it's, that it's being had, that there is influence being had, like, you know, closing your eyes or putting your head under the covers when someone's trying to tell you something. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to pretend you're not there. Like, that's not moving me. I am still <laughs> right here. <laughs> Believe it or not. Still here. Oh my God. No, it made me think of um, like uh, the analogy I like to compare this to in terms of like our votes, in terms of how we spend our time and attention and money is uh, you have a fitness goal and you and you're you're valuing the time the one hour a day in the gym more than the other 23 hours that you're existing and you you have you have more the other 23 hours that you're not in the gym have more of an impact than the one hour because in those 23 hours you're sleeping you're drinking water you're eating you're stretching you are resting you are working in those 23 hours you are living the life that your body is is in and but you want to say that the time in the gym is the most important time that's the time that i'm taking care of my body it is but it's the smallest contribution to the state that your body is in it's all it's it's the way that you spend most of your time the time at the ballot box is the smallest way that you could contribute to the world that you're living in in the same way that the gym is the smallest way that you contribute to the body that you end up living in as well. But everybody wants to think that the ballot box and the time at the gym are the most important times that they're contributing, but it's really not. It's, it's everything else. And not because the other things like the gym time and the ballot time doesn't matter. It's, it's just that there's such a smaller percentage that's being contributed. 23 hours contributes way more to the body that you see in front of you than the one hour in the gym. Because I could be in the gym and I could be working out and we could be sweating it up. But if I leave the gym and I eat three extra large pizzas and I stay up all night and I don't sleep and I drink nothing but energy drinks, it doesn't matter what I'm doing in the gym for that hour. I could burn the 5,000 calories in that one hour. It won't matter if I'm I'm doing so much more damage in the times where I'm not actively successfully contributing something valuable to the body or to the or to the world that I'm in. People, you want to complain? We I complain so much about the world that I built, forgetting that I I laid those bricks down with every with every choice that I made. And it's not to look back and to criticize yourself. It's to it's to say that that is how, you know, I was so focused on avoiding starving that I never tasted any food. I was so scared about starving that I never tasted any food. But we've got to go and I got to wrap this up. And it has been fantastic. And thank you so much for letting me go on another rant. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys being here. This has been a fucking blast going back and forth and uh yeah marie amanda right it's been fun we have uh page what do we tier two patreon in about 14 minutes so if you're watching hope to see you there if not we'll talk to you probably tomorrow where we have a wednesday so free live zoom and then patreon we have an episode we have a live stream 
all sorts of fun stuff for sure join us before we take off to the netherlands we'll see you soon i guess